Welcome to Your Big Sister, the podcast with the big sister you always wanted. I'm Marina, and I'm a big sister, functional medicine health coach, and bookworm. And I'm Liz. I'm a little sister, cryptocurrency educator, and reality TV expert. We live 1,338 miles apart, but still support each other through health, career, relationships, and life. These are our conversations. about today food textures this has been a serious serious topic of discovery for me and over the last probably six to ten months so i'm excited to see where our lives and our food texture likes and dislikes are similar yeah so a little bit of context. This is something you and I have been discussing just like back and forth, food textures, other other kind of textures, but today we're going to focus on food. And today, like we're finally ready to dig in <laughs> and talk about the revelation, what we're learning. Um, and then for, you know, for me, some of the stuff you've been sharing has actually helped me have some incredible insights myself. Um, so I'll kick it off by asking you this question. How did you become aware of food textures? How did it enter uh, your consciousness? Oh, that's a good question. I think uh, originally what it was is that I never liked seafood. I always said growing up, I don't like seafood because I think it smells bad and it's gooey. And I think that's the first time I ever really noticed the texture of a food as like a kid. But I would say more recently, the last six to 10 months where I've paid more attention, like laser focused on texture, um, was I was really, really being intentional about counting my macronutrients every single day and trying to get, you know, a certain amount of fiber and protein and carbs every day. And I was noticing that I was having a really hard time hitting these goals. And so I started to research like, okay, what are some of these foods that are, you know, dense within these new, with these nutrients. And I come to find that like, I, in order for me to meet these macronutrient goals, I have to find foods that I actually like enjoying. And I like enjoying that. I enjoy eating. I think I said that sentence wrong. (laughs) Um, And so then I just started thinking about like, okay, why don't I like that food? Why don't I like this food? And then I started thinking to myself, I'm like a a toddler, it feels like. I'm like, well, it's gooey. (laughs) Or it's like slimy or it smells funny. And, you know, I had never really admitted that to myself at, you know, at my big age of 30. It doesn't feel acceptable to say that food is gooey and I don't like it. But it's the truth. And I can't lie. That's just how I'm built. Um. So that was a really long response, but how did, how did texture come into your consciousness? Consciousness. <laughs> um, I think it was through your big Capricorn energy. So I really feel like we just have to take a moment to appreciate the fact that you were trying to hit specific macronutrient goals. And when you couldn't do it, you f- were trying to look at foods that would help. And you started to notice some patterns among those foods that you maybe weren't eating. Um, and then you actually had mentioned to me something different that was texture related. We were talking about how to get more movement and physical activity. 
And um, we started talking about how like the feeling of wearing socks is just so abhorrent that it like makes it makes putting on socks and shoes. Oh my gosh! And I, it was a revelation for me. So yeah. and then I think like two or three days later, I actually had um, an appointment with a, a nutritionist. Um, I started working with a nutritionist because. I recently had an opportunity to wear a continuous glucose monitor for two weeks, and I learned that I have some pretty serious like blood sugar lows um, throughout the day and also at night. Um, so like a normal range for blood sugar would be like 70 to 130 or 140, and my blood sugar is like dipping below 70 several times during the day and night. So I wanted to work with somebody to help me figure out how to... Um, just eat more consistently and like eat foods that aren't going to cause huge dips like that. And, you know, and it's nothing in my case, it's nothing like life threatening. It's not like a, a dangerous condition. Like people who are proper hypoglycemics can have uh, seizures when they have low blood sugars, but that's not the case for me. Anyway, she was asking me if there are like certain foods that I like or dislike. And I was like, well, so I had just made a seaweed salad and I was like, yeah, there are actually food textures that I hate and <laughs> mine were really similar. <laughs> I was like, I don't like things that are slimy. So I was so sad about this seaweed salad. It was not like the seaweed salad that I had at the Japanese restaurant that I was trying to recreate. And I started crying when I was telling her about the food <laughs> textures I don't sweet. like. Yeah. Because we're told that, uh, you know, it's childish and you're not, you're just supposed to grow up and like everything. And I have a really distinct memory of saying that I don't like seafood. This was probably about three years ago um, to one of my friend's partners. And his response was, that's so fucking childish. Grow up. And I remember thinking like, oh, oh, I guess I do need to grow up. Wow. That okay, that's in, that's not even like the subtle messaging around food that you get from society. That's like directly shaming a preference that you have every right to have. Um, and yeah, you're totally right. I think it's a reason I've never like consciously accepted some of my fruit food aversions and texture aversions. Um, but since you've been uh, exploring it more and having amazing success, actually identifying foods that you do like to eat. And my nutritionist is encouraging me to think about foods and textures that I actually enjoy. I feel like I'm starting to have more permission to actually seek out, you know, things that I like instead of trying to force myself to eat slimy things like, for example, leftovers. So let me tell you about what makes leftovers disgusting. <laughs> I hope other people can relate because yeah, they are the worst. So if it, if I make something and I want to put it in the fridge, what I usually do is like put it in the glass containers and then I let it cool completely. This probably isn't like good food safe practices, but I let it cool completely because if it's even just a little bit warm, when it goes into the fridge, it develops this condensation inside the container and it makes the food slimy. And I, even when it's warmed up, I can tell that it's like gooey and slimy and it just tastes disgusting to me <laughs> yes a hundred percent a hundred percent and i you remember like five years ago when meal prep was all the rage yeah i used to be so big yeah. and i used to think that yeah. meal prepping would make me like a better person correct and i was like this is the way to be morally superior <laughs> to everyone around me is that i meal prep and i have glass containers and i always eat the same lunch and dinner for five days straight and 
what I would do when I would meal prep would I would get quote unquote healthy foods. I have my air quotes up, which at the time was zucchini and squash, green bell peppers, which green bell peppers are objectively the worst of all the colors. <laughs> and like a chicken breast. And I would like season it with lemon pepper seasoning. Mrs. Dash, of course, because it's sodium free. And then put it in my little glass containers and eat it for five days straight. And then I hated it. I felt disgusting. I had to force myself to eat it. And then I would just like binge the next week and have fast food for five days straight. And it was just like this continuous cycle forever and always because meal prep is leftovers and leftovers are disgusting. <laughs> is anything worse than leftover squash and zucchini? Oh my oh, god! Imagine cooking a squash on a Sunday and then eating it on a Thursday? Absolutely oh. not. No. It's moldy by that time. Yeah. So I've really been having my eyes open lately. I've been following um, a few different nutritionists that are very big in the like intuitive eating and health at every size movement and the anti-diet movement. And like one of my biggest takeaways that's really helping me shift how I think about the food that I eat is that if you're like, well, I should, I'll speak in the first person. Like one of the things that has really made it harder for me to eat, just eat period is like all of the like nutrition information that I take in plus all of my personal preferences plus what I have the time and capacity and skill to prepare plus like I don't, I'm somebody who like, I need to want to eat that thing on that day. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, I can't just like plan to eat a food on Wednesday and like get to Wednesday and eat it. Like if I don't feel like having a chicken sandwich on Wednesday, I'm not going to eat it because that's not what I feel like eating. So it's also very tied to like how I'm feeling. And so one of the big takeaways that I'm getting out of being exposed to some of these new perspectives is that the most important thing I can do is figure out how to feed myself consistently because my body actually needs to get consistent fuel and consistent nourishment. And if I'm putting too many restrictions and rules on myself, that's not going to happen. Um, and so it's sort of helped me to think about, okay, like what are textures that I enjoy eating? And then like, how am I going to make sure that I eat consistently throughout the day so I don't have low blood sugar? And so that like my body's not doing all kinds of weird things trying to get me to eat food. Because um, sometimes, I mean, I would just like, not eat for like hours until I was so hungry that I had to go get a donut because that's the only thing that my brain could possibly settle on was like, I just need sugar and carbs in some form because I need fuel. Uh, so this is actually, okay, this brings me to my next question for you then, like how, thinking about like textures that you do enjoy, how are you finding ways to incorporate more of them into your life? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> so I think it just I started by making a list of like my favorite foods and figuring out how I can make them more nutrient dense. So for example, my probably like my favorite food in the world is pho. It's Vietnamese soup, noodle soup. And um it can be nutrient dense. I think it's not meant I don't well actually I really don't know. I'm not gonna comment on when it's meant to be eaten at because I actually don't know. I like to eat it every day. But it doesn't really have a lot of vegetables in it. Um, so I guess it's lacking fiber. So there's like a, a, 
a broth, which is pretty sodium heavy, rice noodles, protein, and then you can add like, um, I think they're bean sprouts, right? Is that yes. the right word? Yeah. yeah. Bean sprouts and... Which are sometimes pretty slimy. They can be slimy. I often leave those out. So um, what I started doing is um, just um, putting some vegetables in it. So depending on like whatever I have, this is probably sacrilegious, by the way. Um, I, I feel like this potentially could fall in the category of cultural appropriation. And I'm not telling anyone they should do this. It just works for me. Um, I'll put vegetables in my, add vegetables. So if I have like zucchini or carrots or cauliflower, sometimes broccoli, broccoli is kind of my favorite thing to add in the refrigerator. I'll add all of that. One time I added garbanzo beans and it was surprisingly delicious because I needed some fiber for the day. So um, just like I said, I'm like really trying to calculate my macronutrient goal macronutrients every day so depending on what i need i'll add it to my favorite food instead of buying bell peppers and chicken breast and eating that so that's one thing that has been super helpful and now i feel like i can eat everything i like and still you know meet my nutrition goals what about you uh that is just brilliant I mean, come on. That's a game changer. Now I Thank want you. <laughs> I just ordered um, Vietnamese food. I got a bun vermicelli. But I didn't add any vegetables to it. I just ate it straight. <laughs> not today. Yeah, not today. Um, I think, honestly, the main thing I've been doing lately is just letting myself eat the foods that I want to eat. Instead of being like, no, I can't eat that because it doesn't have any nutrition. So, like, right now I don't have any, like, specific nutrition goals I'm trying to hit because I'm on the struggle care um, philosophy at the moment of, like, I just need to eat. So, um, a couple weeks ago I was really into peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And, like, normally I would be like, you're a grown-up you need to have whole wheat bread and like fresh ground peanut butter and like just a tiny bit of like, you know, not even jelly, but like fresh strawberries. Um, But no, I got like the honey wheat bread that I like and the creamy peanut butter and just the regular strawberry preserves that are just delicious. Scrummed and luscious. Yeah. But I think like, um, I think it's going to be a really good starting point. Or this week, my thing is I I got, um, I'm making my own like egg McMuffins. Oh, that um, is the, per- see, per- that's the perfect texture. Uh, uh, like the, the, the egg, the, the, the way that they toast that egg, the English muffin, that, that's actually <laughs> the Cadillac of textures for me. It is. I love, it's just. I mean, the texture of a toasted English muffin is just superior to Immaculate, all other textures. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm like, okay, so my, if my number one goal is just like to make sure that I'm eating consistently and I'm not experiencing low blood sugar, or I'm not like waiting um, to eat, I'm not waiting so long that I'm hungry and that, you know, I have a headache, um, then yeah, I've just been like, okay, cool, just, just eat. And, and, um, some of my goals with my nutritionist will be to make things more nutrient dense as I go. So I'll definitely be 
telling her about your breakthrough, which I'm sure that I will be using. But now you've got me thinking, okay, here's another food. So like, I actually love this seaweed salad that I got at a Japanese restaurant. But when I looked up a recipe, it recommended getting like a specific kind of dried seaweed at Whole Foods and I got it and it was not the same kind. So I don't know what the deal is. Um, like the seaweed salad I got at the restaurant was definitely slimy, but it was like delicious and flavorful and it still had a crunch to it. Um, but when I made it myself at home, it was like just slimy and it was also mm-hmm. soft no and crunch. it was gross. Yeah. So no redeeming yeah. qualities. Yeah, I feel like the 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 way that I've done that is find really good YouTube cooking channels. Where did you get the recipe from? Just like I just Googled and I clicked on one. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the picture on the recipe looked like what I had what at the eating? restaurant. Receiving, I will say this. Allrecipes.com is garbage. Never make anything from there. Every time I've made something from that website, it like tastes like the texture is that of tuna and then the taste <laughs> is that of like malto meal i just i don't know what it is with that website so maybe that could be it okay <laughs> so maybe what i meal. need to do is like actually youtube is a great idea because then you can actually see what they're doing and compare that to like what is happening in, in yeah. your kitchen irl yes. okay because at the beginning of the pandemic i really was sad because i wasn't getting takeout food or anything like that and i wanted to make pad seat pad you. it's a thai noodle dish and so i g- like got on youtube and i found a thai chef and the secret i think of this is getting the right ingredients like you probably shouldn't get the seaweed at whole foods you should probably get it at your local asian market because accurate yep that's i think that was my first mistake <laughs> you can't get the gentrified seaweed mistakes were made <laughs> that was definitely the first one yes but it's like so so fun to find foods that you enjoy that you know have the right texture and then that's really what has prevented me from just like going off the rails and eating taco bell for um every single meal and honestly like if you want to eat taco bell for every single meal that's fine but it made me sick and so that was that's another interesting kind of conclusion i've come to recently is like Sometimes I would eat a food because it was the right texture, even if it made my stomach upset. Because I just so, in the moment, was so hungry, I would need to, like, please my palate and then Mm -hmm. worry about my stomach later. Have you ever experienced that? Oh, yeah. I was just (laughs) – I was actually, like – when you were saying that, I was like, yeah, I have that feeling. And I describe it as, um, like, it feels good in my mouth and then, like, nowhere else. (laughs) Like, it hurts in my stomach. It hurts in my GI tract. It hurts coming out the other end. Like, the only time it feels good is inside my mouth. Yeah. Uh, There really is, like, these distinct parts to the eating experience. And, like, one of them has a lot to do with, like, the mouthfeel and, like, the taste and the texture. And then there's all these other considerations, like nutrition and, like, like just feeling good. Like, um, there are foods that I, like, don't feel good after I eat them. Like, I get really sluggish and really lethargic. And so it's, like, do I really want to eat that? I mean, sometimes yes. Sometimes that's worth it. But usually the answer is no. And I find that if I just let myself like eat and like give myself permission to eat the things I like even if I feel like they're childish or they're not grown up or they're not healthy enough like I actually do feel better in the long run so I would say like that for me is sort of the last piece of it 
I have had like a deep interest in health for many years, probably starting in like 2009 when I first started doing yoga. And so I've kind of been through the ringer when it comes to like different diets, different cleanses. Like I know way too much about nutrition. And then for the last year, I've been in a a functional medicine health coaching program where I've been learning how to be a health coach inside the functional medicine framework. And within functional medicine, food is often considered a medicine as as a first line of intervention. It's like changing what people eat. And so again, I've sort of been exposed to this thinking that like, you know, food is the end all be all and you need to be extremely careful about what you eat. But like, you know, it just like, maybe I'll get back to there where I'm actually like taking, um, taking nutrition into consideration. That's my goal. Um, but there was this point where I was like, well, like I literally hate the experience of eating all of these foods that are quote unquote good for me. So then I'm just not eating till I'm so hungry that I make a decision that ends up not feeling good. And I think that there's a lot of freedom in just being like, you know what? You like the textures you like and it's okay to eat that way. Absolutely. And I think it's also really powerful to to start to understand that it doesn't really have to do with self-control. It doesn't have to do with morality. It has to do with this one very, like, specific sensory thing and it's like I never really understood that I always thought that I was a bad person because I couldn't like eat chicken breast and bell peppers and zucchini for five days straight because people on Instagram could and that's good for them but they probably don't have a sensory issue like me and you too apparently (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm always struck by these like these things that I think are so unique or odd about me and then they're true for you too and I mean the obvious explanation is just like we share a lot of DNA but it also does make me wonder like how many other people hate wearing socks and don't realize it because like to be 33 years old and be like I hate wearing socks like Who's going to take you seriously if you say that? <laughs> it just sounds like, yeah. Like, it are you sounds high? like a thing that people tell toddlers, like, to get over, you know? Like, a lot of toddlers don't like wearing socks either. Um, it, well, this is, yeah, I'm really excited to see where, where we end up on this journey as we discover what it's like to eat food textures that we enjoy and, and, um, as we discover that we don't need to meal plan because leftovers are not it. That's not where it's at. There's got to be better ways to eat. No, no, no. With the meal. You know what? Meal plan is good. Meal prep is not where it's at. I think like, I like to write them. You know, what's one thing that has been very helpful is I'll write a meal plan and I'll pick one meal from each of my top cuisines, which is like, I love Thai food. I love Mexican food, Vietnamese food, good old American chicken nuggies, um, or like a Mediterranean dish, typically. And then I'll write a meal plan with each one of those foods with a texture I like, of course. Mm -hmm. And then depending on how I'm feeling that day, and then I skipped a step here. I'll buy all the ingredients for all those meals. And then Mm -hmm. depending Mm -hmm. on how I'm feeling, I'll make that dish. And your whole meal plan is stuff that you like. Always. No zucchini or green bell peppers included. That's brilliant. That's incredible. It works for now. 
We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. It's a process. I think the thing that's working really well for me right now is having like easy to assemble options. Yes. Like not cook, not cook, because depending yes. on my energy level, I'm not going to be able to cook it. But like my little egg McMuffins, the only thing that I need to get cooked is an egg. You know, the egg McMuffin gets toasted. And I actually got Morningstar veggie patties because my partner is a vegetarian. Texture. So I have been cutting down on the meat. But yeah, also the texture is good and the flavor is delicious. And like those can be microwaved. <laughs> so then it, you just assemble it. It's like the Avengers. Like you just assemble the breakfast. Um, and then, you know, or like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich just needs to be assembled. So that's where we're starting. <laughs> I love and it's an easy to assemble. That is so. This is also key. I've um, there's this great uh, Instagram account and I can't remember the name of it now. I think maybe I want to say that it's called Meow Mix, but I know that's not right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold. It's Meow, but it's M E I X. Meow. Okay. Oh, like I think Meow Mix. Oh, it's her last name. Her last name is Mexner. <laughs> Get it? Meow, Mex, because her name's Mexner. Anyway, cute. Okay, so she has a lot of these things, which kind of like show like raw ingredients sometimes, or sometimes cooked ingredients, and then how she assembles them. And a lot of it is easy to assemble, or like re- requires little or no cooking. And so that is a plus. It's like PB and J. It's like different things you can put on top of a rice cake to make it delicious very good stuff spell that again i'm gonna look it up on instagram right now okay m-e-o-w-m-e-i-x not sponsored (laughs) hashtag not sponsored content hashtag not an ad hashtag not like okay here's one so it's like a pita bread a grilled chicken cucumbers and tomato and feta and you can make a little pita that sounds delicious my goodness right does that sound like a good texture um okay one more now i'm hungry oh go ahead i was gonna say now i'm hungry because of all the food we've been talking about (laughs) okay another thing i feel like we you briefly touched on that i feel like is important to recognize as well with all of this is you said you're really well versed in nutrition and shakes and things like that and like I just think it's important to recognize the role that diet culture always plays in this and how we're told that morality, diet culture tells us that our morality is tied to eating meal prep chicken breasts and zucchinis. But this could not be further from the truth. And I feel like you have like lived in this world a lot more than me. So I'm curious like what your thoughts are around like, or if you have any, it's okay if you don't. Any thoughts around how diet culture has played into you discovering what you like to eat and your journey with intuitive eating? Oh my God. We're going to have to do a separate episode on that. (laughs) (laughs) We'll episode on diet culture. I have so many thoughts. I can, I'll tell you what, I'll give, I'll give a simple, well, I'll give like an answer to your question, but yeah, let's do an actually, let's do a separate, um, let's record a separate conversation about my journey. Cause you know, yeah, I've I've been everything from a clinical obesity researcher to now I would consider myself a proponent of anti-diet culture. Ooh. So opposite end of the spectrum. spectrum. 
Um, but I would say like the biggest, the biggest way that I've seen it impact me and like sort of in my journey toward right now I'm exploring intuitive eating is just that I started learning in a very academic context. I started learning about food rules. The first, um, like diet that I ever learned was called the stoplight diet and some foods are classified green and some yellow and some red. And, you know, no foods are bad, but some foods are good, you know, and fine to have all the time. And some foods you have sparingly. And it's like, you can say that, but like the red, yellow, green paradigm is very obviously good, less good, bad, yeah, you know? Bad, yep. So um, I started reading nutrition labels and, you know, really thinking about food in that way. And then sort of through yoga and like through wellness communities, went through various phases of being vegetarian, vegan, um, paleo, did Whole30 for a while. Like just in, in each, each thing has different food rules. Um, add to that, I've had a history of um, GI issues and pretty much IBS, like never formally diagnosed, but like super just painful and, and lots of issues. And I'm also legitimately lactose intolerant, like genetically lactose intolerant. Very much confirmed so. by, by, by everyone. <laughs> yeah. So there just are all these things. And, um, you know, for the place I'm at in my life right now, I just, through my functional medicine program, they have a lot of different food plans and they literally teach us, you know, don't call it a diet. People don't like diets. Call it a food plan as if, as if dressing it up in different words. And it's like, oh no, no, it's a food plan and it's medicine. Food is medicine. And, and it really, you know, they really try hard not to, they really try hard to make it seem like they're not playing into diet culture, but it's ultimately just more of the same. It's like, food is moral, food is good versus food is bad and food is medicine and some food is bad and makes you sick and other food is really good and it makes you healthy. And if you eat good food, you're a healthy person. And if you follow a healthy food plan, you'll feel better. Um, and honestly, like I've tried so many things. I've eaten so many different ways. I've suffered with so many issues and none of it has stuck. Nothing has been sustainable. Nothing has ever felt good or okay. Food has always just taken up so much mental space. And that's what finally led me to find Brave Space Nutrition on Instagram and start working with one of the dietitians or um, nutritionists. No, maybe she's a dietitian. I think she's an RD, actually. Um, I just started working with her because I want to explore what it would look like to just let myself eat without too many rules and um like learn more about the intuitive eating framework which really um it its primary goal is to help you get in touch with your own body's hunger and fullness cues and then like the seventh step is to introduce gentle nutrition awareness which after my years of very very not gentle nutrition awareness just sounds like something i really want to try yeah wow I really appreciate how you were able to speak to, I think, 10 to 15 years of dieting in three minutes. And <laughs> well, it sounds like yeah. I can't wait to hear how things continue to progress with your new nutritionist. What was the name of them again? Um, so on Instagram, Brave Space Nutrition is Brave the space. profile. 
And there's one dietitian who's like, she's the one that's on Instagram all the time. She has a waiting list because she's, you know, Instagram famous. Um, but right. she's another dietitian who practices the same frameworks and like is part of her practice. And that's who I was able to immediately get an appointment with because I've been following them for like a year on Instagram. And I was just like, it's time. It's time to nice. actually explore this and, you know, see, just see if it works. I'm, I'm, my mindset these days is more like, let's try it on for size. But I would say that like, that combined with the conversations you and I have been having around just like, accept that you have a sensory issue and that like, for now, at least like some foods are just off the table. And if you force yourself to eat zucchini, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, I agree. So let's go for foods that have textures that we enjoy and see what happens. <laughs>